Scream 6 stabs the competition and takes the top spot in the box office. Shazam is already teasing their secret cameo and Jake Gyllenhaal is looking jacked in a UFC octagon. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Let's get into the movie news and start with the box office this week, which was very healthy with a wide array of films doing really well. Which we eating its meats and veggies. Yeah, we're not seeing just one film dominate. Now, Scream 6 had the best opening of the entire series with a $43 million opening weekend. It's also getting great fan and critical response, so it's a huge hit for the franchise and looks like it could be one of the best movies in the entire series. We're going to see it tomorrow, so definitely expect a review coming very soon. And then Creed 3 had an excellent second weekend, holding strong with $26 million. It is now over $100 million domestic and is closing in to $200 million globally, so a huge success. 65, Adam Driver's new sci-fi dinosaur film had an actually surprising opening with a 10 million opening weekend the studio was actually projecting single digit numbers for its opening weekend so what was the budget but i mean budget the budget that. of that was 43 million so it was a mid-level budget hmm. we actually just saw it and we're going to do a little review of it later this week we'll give you plenty of time to watch it if you want to we did think it was Pretty disappointing, but we'll My talk. hype was so yeah. high for it, yeah. man. I was just like a little let down. It was pretty let it was pretty let down. So we're gonna really dissect that film later this week. Ant Man three came in fourth place on its fourth weekend with six point eight million dollars. It still hasn't even topped two hundred million domestic. It's closing in on four hundred million globally. So <sighs> that's not good. It looks like domestically it'll teeter off very soon and probably will top out at 220, 230 million domestically, which is very low for a huge Marvel film. And like we predicted, it's probably going to lose the studio at least 100 mil. Yeah, it's absolutely. And then Cocaine Bear holding on strong with a 6.3 million third weekend. Jesus Revolution also doing well with its fourth weekend, 5.3 million. <laughs> Cha- I did the sign of the cross. <laughs> Champions, Woody Harrelson's new basketball film, came in a pretty decent 5 million. It is a very low budget film. That's so pretty th- that's great pretty performance. Good. It looks like with the 5 million opening, it'll probably make about 20 to 25 million glo- uh, domestically. I mean, look what it's competing with to pull yeah. in 5 million. Yeah. So that's awesome. And also hit the age, older age demographic. Champions uh, audiences. 80% of the audience was over the age of 35. So it hit that older crowd. And then Avatar... Wow, we're almost in the older crowd, huh? <laughs> we're getting there, man. You're going to get your AARP Woo! card soon. 35 is now older to Anthony. <laughs> yeah, once you're 35 and you're in the elderly crowd. <laughs> Jeez, man. Hey, man, it's just accept it. <laughs> hey, you, you look 25, though. That shaped my life. <laughs> you are, yeah. And then Avatar The Way of Water rounds out the box office with... A $2.7 million weekend still has legs and still earning money. Avatar The Way of Water, as we've seen, will come no- nowhere close to Avatar's box office, but it still did a very impressive $2.2 billion. It's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> we also did our Creed 3 review, which you can definitely check out. We posted on Saturday on all audio platforms. On, it's not on YouTube, yeah, though, yeah. but you can watch it on Spotify. The video is there on Spotify as well, but it's also on every single audio platform. So don't miss out on that. Some news today. It's Sunday. Finally, it's the Oscars. I cannot wait for award season to be over. Every time I go on social media, it's just another award ceremony. Another bunch of actors in tuxes and dresses just like holding up statues. I'm like, when is this going to fucking end? (laughs) 
every fucking day there's a it's, new ceremony. Yeah, all the way into the spring. It's, it's been wild. going on for like eight years. <laughs> The 2022 <laughs> award circuit's been going on for eight years. Are they, I, I feel bad for these actors. Are they going to be able to act in movies? Like, what are they? Yeah, they're, like, working all day in yeah. L.A. Then, if they're in L.A., they, get to, go to, yeah, they yeah. get to go to these events every every week. It's crazy. Because they're actually actors and filmmakers. They're going to parties, events, luncheons, and also the ceremonies. So, they're actually, their schedules are very full. Fittings are, for dresses yeah. and suits. Oh, yeah. I remember Bong Joon-ho said that after the award season of Parasite, and they obviously cleaned up at the Oscars, but he said that he needed to take a vacation after the whirlwind press tour of all the award seasons. So it can be a lot. It can be very draining. And it, it gets to the point where actors and filmmakers probably can't work for a couple of months or so because they're doing so much stuff. So Nuts, man. But it has never – I can't remember it ever lasting going this late. Is this the latest the Oscars has ever been? Probably because it was late in COVID, lockdown, everything. Yes. But I, I, my assumption is that everyone – it seemed like every awards show pushed their dates further back than usual. Yeah. And the Oscars, obviously, they have to cap off the, the eight-year ceremony season. And so they obviously have to be last, so they probably pushed theirs even further back because last week was like the, the okay. Critics' Choice I, yeah, Awards. I got it here. So generally, the Oscars air – on the second to last weekend of February, on the last week of February. Yeah, it's nice. So February, the last Sunday in February is generally when the Oscars have aired. So it is very late this year. Just, just do it, man. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, so that's tonight as well as the Last of Us season finale tonight. Now we're going to do our Last of Us finale review for tomorrow on Monday. And then we're going to do an Oscars Academy Award reaction on Tuesday and just talk about how all the awards and how Tom Cruise got snubbed without getting an Oscar nomination, <laughs> as well as many other things. Who do you think is going to win Best Picture? What do you think it is? What's your um, prediction? I, honestly, I I I would pick Top Gun or Tar. <laughs> yeah, not even not even well, I, No, who do you think will win? It'll probably be everything. I think everything everywhere at once will win. The it has, hype, it has the a, hype it, train is insane for that ha, movie. It has a lot of steam going into it with a, a bunch of awards being won already. So that steam seemed, engine is pumping, man. It seems like everything everywhere is the clear front runner right now. It's it's like seventy percent. If I had to bet on it, I'd bet everything everywhere at once. But I mean, wins. the Oscars are known for the big. I upsets. mean, Coda Coda won last year. Nobody saw that coming. I saw that coming. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. I that. saw the signs. You so. think the stock market is some great mystery to man? Mankind? What would happen if Elvis Ocean's Eleven if, reference? If Elvis won. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be okay. Yeah. I don't think the fine. reactions would be good to it. Now let's get into the news and let's start off with Jake Gyllenhaal, who stepped into the octagon at the last UFC match, looking great. He also did a, a weigh-in. So when they finished the first official ceremony, it was an actual MMA UFC event. And when the first, when all the fighters did their ceremony weigh-ins, Jake Gyllenhaal and his co-star in the film Roadhouse. They did their own weigh-ins during that ceremony. So Dana White was there. The press was there. Real fans were there. And then they went into the octagon, and they did a choreographed fight. And they did, I believe it's like an entire first round. We don't know how it ha- how it ends, but there is a couple of clips of footage of them actually fighting. Oh, I saw how it ends. They weren't fighting for real, <laughs> but it was choreographed. But it looked very good because it looked like they everything was done in one take. The, the weigh-in was done in one take. Walking into the arena was done in one take, and the fight was done in one take. So it was really impressive. And if you look closely, there were actually film cameras for the movie Roadhouse, which was being filmed uh, around Jake Gyllenhaal and the other actor performing the scene. So it must have been very exciting for Jake Gyllenhaal to do something like that, where it's kind of like for real. It's like kind of like play acting in front of a real crowd that's really there for UFC. I thought it was just a really brilliant way for Doug Lyman, who's directing the film, to be like, 
you know what, if we're going to do this, why not just actually film it at a real UFC event? That way we don't have to set it all up. It's already done for us. UFC gets good promotion from the Roadhouse movie when it airs. And then it was probably a good deal between the studio and Dana White to be like, it's kind of like both benefit. And I thought it was just a really great idea to let's actually film this sequence at the real UFC event. Yeah, it's really clever filmmaking. Just take advantage of the situation. It's, it's actually brilliant. It made me even more excited to see this movie, this Roadhouse remake. Because obviously Jake signing on is a big is a big deal. We love Jake. Everyone loves him. Then He's great taste. Conor McGregor's yeah. in the movie as well. But now to find out that it's a UFC movie when we saw the weigh in last week and then the other day we saw this fight, this fake fight in the in the octagon. It was so cool and they had a real crowd, real environment. It's just really brilliant marketing and filmmaking. Yeah. Just take advantage of it. Why why the hell not? And Obviously, it's not going to probably be a one-take shot in the movie. I bet you they had cameras oh, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But they probably had one shot to do this because yeah. they had to get it in there between the fights. They're definitely going to do coverage on a location that they're doing on their own. But it was I'm sure they got so much footage. Like, they'll do close-ups yeah. in a studio. Absolutely. But, I mean, just doing, like... And they they performed this after UFC was done, the event was done. So there was actually still... Okay, so it was at the end. Yeah, it was gotcha. at the end. And the crowd was, like, half empty. So most people left because the event was over, but a lot of people stayed to watch this thing. And I think it was very exciting for anyone who was there to be like, whoa, Jake Gyllenhaal is doing a, a fight in the for a movie I here. wonder if they get a shot of the Joe Rogan like, oh! Because ah! every time someone gets knocked out in the UFC, ah! every, like, the announcers are just like, ah! <laughs> it's so funny. That would be great if, if Rogan was in it because he's the most famous UFC I commentator. I guarantee he's in it. He has to. If Dana White's in it, you got to have Rogan. because it's just he's part of the authenticity. Because, I mean, same thing with boxing with Creed Three, where they had that Showtime documentary and real announcers like, you should have the real commentators actually commentating during the fight. For he's as much Roadhouse. part of the UFC as Dana White. That's yeah. how like long he's been. He's been with the Ultimate Fighting Championship since people called it the Ultimate Fighting Championship yeah, like forever. Years, over like 15 years ago. Forever. So I'm really excited to see this movie. Uh, you, normally remakes and stuff I'm not super stoked about, but this looks it's, cool. It seems like they're changing it. Because I hate when remakes are basically the same thing, but it looks like they're changing it a lot. Because Swayze was not an MMA fighter <laughs> in the original Roadhouse. I don't know. You see that Kung Fu he did in Point Break? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't fuck with Bodhi. <laughs> Next up, we had Chris Rock live on Netflix, the first ever live stand-up event broadcast around the world, globally, digitally on Netflix, uh, happened, and we tuned in, and Chris Rock is the GOAT. A legend, so funny, still relevant, still killing it. We were gut-busting laughing the entire time. He went after everybody. He doesn't care. It's just... And he finally addressed the slap. He saved it for that very end of the special. And it was it was pretty wild to see. And he just, like, went in on Will Smith, man. Yeah, and he went on, on the Royals. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harry and Meghan. He went on... He did, he did everybody. Yeah, he went on a tear. It was great, and... It was like I needed that. I needed someone to because Chris Rock, he can be vulgar and hilarious, but he's also very smart. And his comedy comes from a, a place of like intelligence. And he it, his transitions from joke to joke are so seamless. It seems like there's never really an awkward beat or like sometimes a comedian will just uh, just change the topic completely to their next joke. Everything flowed so well, and he really is. He's my favorite comedian, and he's hands down one of the greatest to ever do it. And it was just so refreshing to see him perform and it was so cool to see it live on netflix it was just like they should do more of that because it was kind of exciting it brought that event feel to it that, that i've never felt with netflix yeah and you know i think my favorite comedians are always great analysis analyzers of culture and that's what they that's yeah. what the tops do 
And I thought it was freaking awesome. He had an amazing Jay-Z and Beyonce joke. Oh, yeah. my God. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, yeah, you guys got to watch it. You got to watch it. Also, uh, Roger Deakins did an amazing GQ interview. You know how they do GQ and Vanity Fair. They do like career retrospectives with an actor or director. And because Deakins is Deakins, they actually they did one with the cinematographer. And He's a rock star. It's 30 minutes of Deakins going through his career. It's just amazing detail, an amazing conversation. The guy is an absolute genius. And if you love Deacons, you got to check it out. It's on GQ's YouTube channel right now. It's terrific. We got some news and another final trailer basically for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves and some reactions. People are calling it action-packed, funny, and chaotic. We'll be seeing it very soon, and we may get some special guests on the show. Crossing our fingers on that. We'll keep you posted but we're going to go to a screening this week and check it out at an IMAX. And we can't wait to see that because, yeah. you know, I, I we love game adaptations. And when they're done right, they're they're excellent. So I'm curious. And we have, curious. we've never played D&D. So we, I don't know anything about the world or lore. And it seemed in the film premiered at South by Southwest Festival, which was hap, which is happening right now. Mm -hmm. And the audience at South by it was all these reactions were extremely positive of the film, even from people who aren't familiar with the game. And so it looks like. It looks like they have something good on their hands. And the I, first trailer I was not sold on. Yeah, I wasn't sold. But the recent one I liked looks a lot, actually. Fun, it looks yeah. a lot better. So we'll see. I, we're going to see it on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to it now. Next up, we have some news on Star Wars. We all know Disney's been bleeding money in their stock market as well as losses on a lot of their film and TV <laughs> you love, productions. You love it. I don't love it. I'm just bringing up the news, man. <laughs> You're an evil smile as you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had an evil <laughs> smile on my face. I'm just saying, man, they're losing money and they've had a, they've taken a lot of hits the last few years. Facts are facts, you know, whatever. Anyways, so they've cut two Star Wars projects that were in development. So Kevin Feige was going to make a Star Wars film, produce one, and then Patty Jenkins is also going to make a Star Wars film of her own. Disney has shelved those movies. Taika Waititi's movie is still in development. He's going to make a Star Wars movie so far. He may also star in it. Uh, so that's the update on those three projects. And uh, the uh, online reaction was very negative. But Disney said a month ago they're going to cut over $3 billion from their film and TV department. So this is just expected to happen. They're cutting projects left and right, delaying projects. Yeah. So we're probably going to get even more cuts and more shutdowns of projects in development. Some that we probably didn't even know were in development. But these are just things that are going to happen and they're inevitable because they announced a month ago. So I'm not surprised, but some people are. But just look at what they said. Like he said it three weeks ago in February. We're cutting $3.4 billion yeah, from yeah, TV yeah. film. And so it looks like the next time we will get a Star Wars film will probably be in two years or so. Maybe for, longer. For which one? Do you think? Taika's? Taika's probably. If, if it comes out by then. I mean, yeah, they so, need to get a movie out soon, so, man. So between Rise of Skywalker and the next film's release, it will probably be at least six years. That's a long time. That wasn't their plan when they bought it, when they bought Star Wars. It definitely was not. Next up, Wind River sequel has officially been cast with an excellent cast. J Jason Clark, who's an amazing actor. Scott Eastwood, Chask Spencer, they joined the Wind River sequel, which will begin production very soon. I like Wind River a lot. It's kind of like a, a contemporary Western that's flown under the radar for a lot of people, but there are plenty of film people that adore this film. Yeah. And I know I know some people that's like one of their top 10 favorite films of all time. Yeah, I like I really like Taylor Sheridan. He's an awesome writer and director. 
and Jeremy Renner will not be starring in this. But Jeremy Renner actually has a new Disney Plus TV show coming out. It's called The Renner... It's called Renovations. Renovations. It's actually really cool. So it's an upcoming four-part unscripted show where Jeremy Renner helps communities in need by building custom-tailored vehicles. So he bought like 30 huge buses and trailers, and he and his crew retrofit them for different needs for communities around the world. And it's not just in America, like globally. And they can be things for entertainment for kids or things to help the community physically. So it's really cool. He has a huge background in construction from his past, and he still does that. And so it's, it's, it seems like a really great show where he's giving back and, you know, using his power and his wealth to help those in need. What a nice freaking guy, man. Guy. He just seems like a good guy because, yeah. you know, so many celebrities make boatloads of money, but, like, when you actually see an actor, they'll doing, donate to a charity. Yeah, but, but when like, you see an yeah. actor like give their time yeah. and their thoughts and their their skills and expertise to the community. That's incredible, man. Yeah, and it's so there, cool. There's some cool guest spots. Anthony Mackie is in one of the episodes. Oh, nice. Yeah, just all the Avengers pop in. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the only one. <laughs> I wonder if they make them be in costume for it too. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. He's just, just kidding. He just as Anthony Mackie. Just kidding. <laughs> So we have, okay, some other great news. Everything Everywhere All at Once has become the most awarded film in history, beating Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. That is how high the hype for this movie is. That's why it's the wow, Oscar favorite before the tonight. Oscars, too. Uh, some other quick topics. Really quick spoiler warning right now. It has to do with the new Shazam fi- film, Shazam Fury of the Gods. So spoiler warning, WB, Warner Bros. and Shazam has already released the secret cameo for this movie, spoiler warning right now, Wonder Woman is in the film, and they tease this in their new TV spot, saying, it's going to be full of surprises. Then they cut to a shot of Wonder Woman. It's like, it's not a surprise anymore. They cut to the surprise. They That's how surprise. low this film's tracking. Same thing with Black Adam. They did this with Man of Steel being in the movie, with Kal-El being in the film. The, right before that movie came out, they teased it. And then they did like, the Superman's same thing. in it. Superman's in it. And then they did the same thing now with Shazam with Wonder Woman because they know it's tracking low. They know there's very low interest in this film. They're just trying to make a quick week on box office what they can salvage because they know this is gonna flop. Yeah, I mean this is projecting to get to earn at least 15 million less than Creed three did in That's its opening crazy weekend. Crazy. Yeah. This is a 250 million dollar gi- movie. Giant superhero film. So it's definitely it's gonna be a disappointment. And I bet you they added her in like a couple months ago. But I don't understand. Like I, I get kind of what they're doing. But why would you take away the reason for people to want us to go into the theater? Because they're, they're showing it. Because they're afraid of people. They're afraid of it bombing so hard that they want to just get them in real quick. Because they just need that weekend. Yeah, but the cameo they showed of Wonder Woman is clearly her entire screen time. It looks like it. Yeah, it's probably. At, it at looks. The end it of the happens film. at the end of the film, or it could be a post credit scene, just like the Man of Steel was a post credit scene. Seems like a post credit scene. I mean, what, they just showed the whole thing. Like, I don't know. It just seems silly. I mean, she might be in the film part parts of it, but... I don't know. It's just because they know it's not going to make any money. They got to get what they can out of the first four days of this movie. You, you know how they are. That's what we talked about in the box office episode. We did that talk about that. Opening weekend is we where they live and die, especially if it's going to be a flop. And they know because of all the big changes happening at DC and the reset, everyone's like, why should I see Shazam or Aquaman 2 when they're just resetting everything? What's the point yeah. of this movie? And also, Shazam actually has a, a lot of stiff competition, not with movies that are releasing the same weekend, this upcoming weekend, but Scream and Creed 3 are going to be very strong holdovers. With John Lord Wick's coming out too. Yeah, so there's re- because Creed 3... And Scream 6 are doing so well, they're going to really chew into Shazam's box office weekend. 
And they came out before it. They're going to lose a lot of money on that. And then so Shazam's going to have one week of its release. Then John Wick 4 comes out. Like, everybody's going to go see John Wick 4. So Absolutely. I think that Shazam... Yeah, I'm thinking I'm bad. I love, how, I love the trailers because she's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. It's, just, it's like a cliche action movie, but it's awesome. <laughs> Those are just the trailer lines. Yeah, you know? no, exactly. But it's like the um, the opening of Tropic Thunder. Like, <laughs> who left the fridge open? But it's, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Here we go again. Except again. this looks like it could be the best one, honestly. We'll see. I still think the first is my favorite. You got to see this one first, though. Anyways, moving on. Jenna Ortega is rumored to be playing a character in the upcoming Beetlejuice sequel. That would make sense because it seemed like Tim Burton and Jenna Ortega had a great working relationship and their collaboration was clearly very fruitful. So She's her new, his new Winona Ryder. Yeah, new Winona Ryder. <laughs> and she'll, she's rumored to be playing Winona Ryder's uh, daughter in the film. Very cool. And also Michael Keaton's coming back and Tim Burton is most likely coming back to direct the sequel. So pretty exciting I hope stuff. he does. It should, yeah. be, it should only be him. Yeah, every, I hope so too. Because yeah. I mean, I think people loved Wednesday so much and he did such a great job with that film like he's still he's still it's relevant it's tough to be relevant it's a TV series what do I say film no sorry we say that we do that all the time though you do that all the time you do it too I name edit, one time I edit half you, the episode. you just did it name one time do you want me to go back hold on <laughs> so, you, so you, hold on. you can't name one what was one? the last TV show that we did so you can't name one you've done it for Last of Us multiple times uh huh yeah I'll sure. pull up the fucking episodes and show you I got the receipts on my computer because I always talk to myself and say, ha, 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 he said film and it's a show. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Sounds like just a bunch of made-up gibberish to me. I'm going to go through just every episode. I'm going to make a compilation of every time you have to never show. made. I've never made an error once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what else do we have here? Some so speaking of John Wick 4, the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel, Hard Rock Hotel is putting on this really great advertisement. Fans will be able to join the action this month with new menus, giveaways, and even a dog concierge. Guests will be able to participate in activities such as a special cocktail case tasting, a tarot card reading, and the opportunity to see props from the franchise and an experience open to the public. Also, an eight-course menu and a collection of cocktails inspired by the High Table organization from the films will be available for guests. So only a few of them will actually have like the props and costumes, but they'll all have the menu and dog concierge and stuff. Is tarot, is this silent tea? Silent, silent tea. Tarot, tarot. Yeah, it sounds better than tarot. <laughs> tarot. Give me, is that a tarot, tarot reading? <laughs> What's with the southern accent? Oh, it's a tarot reading. I don't know. <laughs> tarot. It's tarot. 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 Are you tarot. Googling it? You don't trust me? Tarot. <laughs> never, never trust me. I no, I even no, I trust you. I'm just double checking. <laughs> that's a lack of trust. No, it's not. <laughs> Listen, that's a, that's a lack of trust. We have to start verifying our our, our statistics, Anthony. We I made an error last episode <laughs> that people got really upset about in the box office. Yeah, you made the exactly. <laughs> we're a team. I make a mistake. You make a mistake. I murder somebody. You're we're, getting we're charged the mistake. too. Where are my mistakes? Like all the time, dude. Oh I'm, yeah, so many. I'm pulling up the, the receipts, man. I'm pulling up. The episode Jim's gonna cut together an episode of my mistakes. It's gonna be four hours long of Anthony flubbing stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm gonna watch it eating popcorn like Michael Jackson, the theater of thriller it, music video. It's tarot cards, tarot fact. Yeah, I, I, fact check true. I asked you. Thanks for your lack of trust in me. <laughs> anyway, in faith in my knowledge. Let's move on to all these new trailers we got that happened this week. First of all, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem finally got its trailer release. I really dig the animation style for this, and they're going to a very young age for the Actual turtles. Actual teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's always by been Seth, adults. Produced by Seth Rogen, so I'm pretty excited about it. We grew up loving the hell out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the first film, specifically the second film, Secret of the Ooze. And the first one, yeah. Yeah, but Secret of the Ooze was always my favorite. Oh, man, I know that That opening in the mall. Oh, my God. So damn good. So I'm pretty excited to check this out. Nom noms. Nom noms. Nom Go play. Have fun. But, I mean, the first one has Vanilla Ice in it, man. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go. Go, go, go. <laughs> man, that guy. <laughs> what a Fucking hit. 90s, man. <laughs> but it looks like a lot of fun. I like how they're actually having kids voice the characters because they're teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we've always, even in the Michael Bay produced films, they're bunch adults. Of 30 year old yeah, dudes. Bunch of 30. <laughs> so it's nice to have teenagers back in. Well, they never were in. So it's good to have like kids. And it looks like a lot of fun. Just like a great time. So I'm looking forward to that. Next trailer we had was No Hard Feelings, a new kind of dark comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence. She plays this character who's just like a mess down on her luck. And she takes a job from this family who's trying to get their son out of his shell. And they want him to date the shit out of him. Like date, date, him, real date hard. him real hard. It looks pretty funny. Yeah, it looks, pretty, it looks funny. pretty funny. It looks like Jennifer Lawrence just needed to do something fun for once. Well, she's a funny lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, she's so, comedy, she's so yeah. charming, but she so rarely does comedy. And she's in a lot of intense films, so... I'm sure she just wanted to, to go back to that. Exactly. Next up, there was also a trailer for the upcoming... Is this an Apple film? Yeah, Apple, Apple film. TV. Ghosted, star, star, <laughs> starring Anna de Armas and Chris Evans. Might have the worst poster of the year it's so terrible far. poster. Oh my goodness. It looks like a CW poster or like network TV. So Chris Evans plays an absolute simp who... <laughs> <laughs> uses who, an inhaler. Who, who, the goddamn inhaler. inhaler. Oh I my god. I can't take with the inhalers, everybody. Who goes on a date with Anna de Armas' character who then ghosts him. So then... In a very non-creepy way, tracks her to London after one date because it's definitely not creepy to try and find her. And then he discovers that she's actually a secret agent who's try- trying to thwart the plans of a international terrorist group. It is, I mean, it looks fun, but also like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I love both of them too, but I just this trailer just did not seem... <laughs> great. I couldn't believe Chris Emsworth in that role. Uh, Chris it, Evans. Chris Evans. Mistake! Be- <laughs> Mistake! Got him already, everybody! He lasted three minutes! He's going He's going to mistake prison. <laughs> Lock him up and throw away the key. Three minutes ago, what have I ever made an error? <laughs> I love Anna de Armas, too. It's cool to see her doing more action because I loved her scene in No Time to Die. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah, she's great. It just, it just looks... Uh, I guess. There's shooting shots. There's another uh, shooting, sh- shooting their shots show, Citadel. The Amazon Prime sci-fi spy film, spy-fi spy series just released its first trailer. Say that again. Sci-fi spy series <laughs> <laughs> just released its first trailer. It's been long in development in delays. It's going to come out on April 28th. And the series stars Priyanka Chopra and Richard Madden as super spies with romance. And so the, the more the, super spies the, than the, romance. <laughs> spies are really in right now for t- like all the network TV shows have spy shows playing right now. So they've always been in. No, but this year in particular, it's like the fad, the trend. Uh-huh. And so Priyanka Chopra plays an international spy whose memory was erased and Richard Madden is playing his, for- her former like partner spy who's trying to jog her memory. Um, this is a huge budget show, uh, close to half a billion dollars for the budget. Second most expensive show of all time. Yeah, so there's a lo- Amazon put a lot into this. I didn't find the trailer very impressive. I was kind of confused watching the trailer. Yeah, I didn't really know. 
It seemed like the romance charm was kind of forced a little bit. It doesn't seem like the action was that terrific. But we we'll have a see. friend that was yeah. worked on it doing the stunt, and they were, he's been waiting for it to get released for a long time. And so they delayed the release by over a year. Yeah, it's, I think it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see uh, how it turns out. So it has another month of marketing to get uh, people excited for. Moving on to. I'm a Virgo. This is... I didn't see this one. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, so Boots Riley, who who directed and wrote Sorry to Bother You, he, with Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson, his new film is about a 13-foot-tall teenager who finally gets out of the house, and it looks like a, a really surrealist, fun, zany comedy. Uh, I like Boots Riley a lot. This looks like a really bizarre film. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's so, kind of like Bubble Boy. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he was born like giant, and his parents kept him in the house all through his childhood because they were afraid of what the world would react to with him. And then he finally gets out of the house when he turns like 17. And it's about the world like reacting to him and him trying to like try and live a normal life as a 13 foot tall person. Very interesting. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love high concept. The trailer is awesome. Check it out. It's called I'm a Virgo. Let's see. We we talked about Hans Zimmer's live album last week, right? Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah. So well, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it awesome. now. It's awesome. Check so it out. It's streaming right now. It's like 15 <laughs> tracks of epicness. Uh, moving on to Huge Jackman. Huge. Huge Jackman. Obviously, you know, he's prepping for playing Logan Wolverine again for Deadpool 3. Hope, um, probably the last time he's going to do the character. We'll see. I don't know about that anymore. But as we've talked about, you know, we've been tracking his uh, his progress on his buffness on this on Follow the show. him on Instagram. And uh, we said a few like a few weeks ago that he's spending like basically six months just working out to get ready for it, to just get as big as possible. And right now he's eating 8,000 calories a day. That's a lot. And to put that into perspective, I believe Michael Phelps was eating 10,000 calories a day when he was training for Olympics. So, And oh, he's a massive dude in swimming and working out like 10 hours a day or whatever it was. Geez. So you can only imagine how many hours a day Hugh Jackman is working out right now. And he has to because he's old. You know, to be able to put on the muscle, you need to put in a lot of work he's at that age. He's too old. He's so old. <laughs> he's not, I mean, he's like, what, 55? Yeah, he's in his fifties. I wouldn't say maybe not fifty-five, but no, let's still, let's check Hugh Jackman's age. Huge Jackman's age. <laughs> Can you imagine eating eight thousand calories a day. Fifty-four years old. Wow, that's wow. one year off. He looks great. He does look Damn. great. Next up, Jonathan Majors has been cast in an upcoming film, The Academy, which is written by Tom Hernanda, Zach Strauss, and Tyler Cole, based on an original story by Cole, which tells the story of life imitating art when the understudy of a Broadway production finds a role he's willing to kill for this sounds terrific nice like gray area character who's willing to kill sounds, sounds awesome like, sounds like it sounds like an 80s thriller horror movie sounds like so black swan i'm all for this next up we have john bernthal is officially returning as the punisher for disney plus's tv series daredevil reborn i believe this is what an 18 episode run that they ordered wow. and wow. they've have obviously Charlie Cox returning. They have Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Kingpin. Now we have John Bernthal returning as the Punisher. And they've already done some more casting. They've recast Fisk's wife with a different actress. And they've already told audiences that the two characters, the two co-leads that, that were in Daredevil, the Netflix show... Uh, Foggy, the lawyers. And, yeah, the lawyers. They uh -huh. are no longer going to be. They've been cut. The okay. actors. Uh -huh. So I'm sure they'll probably recast those roles. Oh, as Deborah well. Ann Wall. Yeah. and the other and the other guy. So they've yeah. they've been cut from the show from the reboot. Well, I mean, it's a weird situation because it's going to be like a reboot, 
of a but not it's not exactly a sequel. So it's a soft reboot. You're you're recasting yeah. and redoing it, but it's you're a, you're maintaining the main leads. Yeah, it's a soft reboot. It's a it's a super soft reboot. Well, in a, in a I mean, in a way, Mission Impossible Four did that because remember J.J. Abrams had like a new crew mm-hmm. and like Jonathan Reese Myers and a few other in uh, Maggie Q. And then in the fourth film, they're just not—they're not part of the crew anymore. Well, except yeah, except for sorry, James sorry about alarms that. every sorry, episode. Man. I know, man. Um, I'm professional. Vings obviously in oh, all yeah, of yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's—I think it's the same kind of thing. Where they is Simon Pegg in the third one? He is. Yeah. So he's—he's he's the only so one. Simon that's, Pegg, that Ming Rames, yeah. and Tom are the yeah. ones that yeah, st- yeah stay through. Then Jeremy Renner comes in the fourth one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Leaves in the fifth one. Yeah. He so was like, we, see you later. We just had those. And, but then we have Rebecca Ferguson. So that's the, the four have kind of been the same for a while now. Yeah, but Mission Impossible did the same kind of thing where yeah. it's like the same couple of leads, but then new supporting characters. Yeah, I guess. But it's different because Daredevil was a, sh- a show. It was a series. It had two seasons, Mission Impossible right? was a show. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got you. Years ago. I'm not talking about the film franchise. Gotcha. How? <laughs> This guy. <laughs> See, I never said I said I make mistakes, but that's not a mistake. I'm talking about the film franchise. I didn't I'm say just... you made a mistake, but well, well, yeah, what'd you was... get me then? How'd it was get... a mistake. Well, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a mistake. I'm talking about the film franchise, not the series. You said you said Daredevil was a show. Yeah, Mission Impossible was a show. <laughs> I'm not talking about the fucking. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking talking about Tom Cruise's movies, motherfucker. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> this guy. I can't resist. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what uh, what it turns out with. The trailer probably will be coming out in the next couple of months, so we'll get our first footage soon. The final bit of news is about the upcoming HBO Max series, The Idol, starring and produced by The Weeknd, Abel Tesafay, and Sam Levinson, who is the creator and <clears throat> director of Euphoria, starring Lily Rose Depp and Abel Tesafay. So apparently there's been a lot of drama happening behind the scenes in production of the show and Rolling Stone ran an article addressing production issues from everything from budget overruns, production delays, and a lot of crew members were complaining and being uh, complaining about being uncomfortable about uh, very explicit scenes being filmed and disturbing scenes being filmed. This is the guy who made, makes you for, Euphoria, right? Yeah, I just said that, so you weren't listening. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, so the thing is, there was no report of any abuse on set. Nobody is complaining about that. Nothing bad happened to the crew, but crew members were reported of being very uncomfortable about some scenes being filmed. And Rolling Stone basically ran, I think, it seemed like a hit piece on... Uh, the Idol, and then Tessa Faye and Lily Rose Depp responded by filming a scene, uh, and they basically called out Rolling Stone and said, in character, of their agent saying, hey, Rolling Stone wants to do an uh, interview with you, and then they were basically saying, Rolling Stone, isn't that irrelevant now? Does anyone care about Rolling Stone? <laughs> yeah. And they basically bashed Rolling Stone. I, I saw that clip, yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of on the side of, of them because I the thing is, like you, if nobody was abused on set if everybody was paid and i mean there was no actual physical problems on set i don't think that it's it's fair to run a hit piece on a on a series or a film because they're they're filming scenes that are like sexual or disturbing a lot of my favorite films ever are very disturbing and that's art art needs to challenge the audience not every movie and tv show needs to be 
uh, safe and cookie cutter and good for the whole family, you know, a part of art is experimenting and trying new things and really trying to like, graphic material and explicit content is, has always been a part of film and television. I mean, The Last Duel is a recent example yeah, of a exactly. terrific movie with really intense scenes that I'm sure were yeah. tough to be on set for. Yeah. But I'm sure the environment is if you if you're uncomfortable, you can leave. Yeah. So I, I just found it odd that Rolling Stone would run this article bashing the show. I mean, production delays and budget overruns are pretty common, especially with TV series. So I, th I thought it was odd, and I understand if the crew members were offended by f scenes being filmed, and most of the, most of the scenes that were complained about were never filmed; they were just talked about and written, and then they d never went forward with filming them. So a lot of these problematic scenes weren't even shot or performed. So I, I think there's, I mean, when you're making art, it's a, it's okay for things to be graphic; it's okay for things to be experimental. Uh, that's just a part of filmmaking. And if you're not comfortable with that, I mean, that's just the way it goes. Maybe working on a different production. But I think it's odd to to run a story about how a, a TV show filmed sexually explicit scenes. It's like, do you want to put handcuffed filmmakers everywhere? I think I think it's odd. Yeah. And The Rolling Stone also has the worst top 100 movies of all time. Yeah, I've so ever seen in my entire there. life. So it's some some scenes are graphic and tough you know we've always had that if you can't if audiences can't handle it they just don't watch it and so i, I think it's disrespectful to artists to be like hey you can't film scenes that are explicit you can't film scenes that are degrading to another character it's like if you're making a film about a serial killer they're gonna degrade their victims i like how the weekend was on board with like yeah let's trash the rolling stone because yeah. he's such a music such a popular musician but it doesn't yeah. the rolling stone doesn't matter to him he's way bigger than them yeah so i mean i find it odd i mean if you just compare it to Dahmer, i mean the Dahmer character does terrible things but like rolling stone didn't complain about that and they probably did. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Rolling Stone complains about a lot of things yeah, these days. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of the artists here where it's like it's art. That's art. And it has to sometimes some artists, they challenge audiences with content that isn't okay for like Disney Plus. You know what I mean? That, and that's just what filmmaking is. So I think it's kind of disrespectful to bash an artist for trying to do something out of the ordinary. But hey, at least they clap back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw was, that. I saw that teaser. I mean, that yeah. clip. I thought it was funny. Yeah, because Abel's he's the week and he's like talking shit about Rolling Stone. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Are they even relevant anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Check it out. I'm actually looking forward to that show now. After are they even relevant anymore? I've I've not. I I mean, I used to like Rolling Stone. I haven't read them or listened to them in a very long time. Same. So. Especially after their last few top 100 lists of movies and comic book movies. <laughs> it's just like, they're just trying to piss people yeah, off. They purpose. had the Dark, Dark Knight at like, what, like number 12 for comic book movies and something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> their, their 100 comic book movies was ridiculous. That list Their was top in, 100 movies was ridiculous, yeah. too. So I, I, just I, like the Empire one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think it was worse than the Empire one. I think so, too. Yeah. Anyways, that wraps movie news number 90. Wow, we're almost at 100. Okay. Rolling Stone has unsubscribed Uns from us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were a $2 patron. They're gone. <laughs> we have some news about relevance to Patreon. Actually, so the weekly chat, which we always do every Wednesday, we're going to be moving that permanently and exclusively to Patreon only. Now... We've done this for a few different reasons. One, we want to provide more exclusive content for our patrons only because they financially support us and mean the world to us. All of our listeners do. But we want to give the people who are, you know, giving us some of their money, their hard-earned dollars, we want to give them more content. So we're going to move the weekly chat to Patreon only for all patrons to have access to every week. It'll still post every Wednesday for them as well there. 
And you can listen on Patreon there that will post the audio files, everything. And you can net Patreon now has audio ability, so you can listen to an audio track on, on Patreon. It and, doesn't have to be yeah. video. And we know so many of you love the weekly chat, but we really want to clean up our podcast feed and really just visually make sure that it's only movie and film and TV centered and oriented for, you know, new users who come onto our feed, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform they're using. And then, you know, they're kind of, it's kind of congested when you see all these episodes of like, what is the, what is this weekly chat? What is this other thing right here? So we really want to just kind of clean up the feed so it's it's nice and simple and concise and con- and consistent we're, with we're just overhauling things to grow the audience movies yeah. movie movie review movie review tv review movie review as well as the movie news will always be there yeah. so we just want the podcast to always just for the free version to have just movie related content and film related episodes We'll still have everything there for free. Like, we'll still have every Monday, every Wednesday. We'll post more. We'll just post more movie yeah, reviews we'll, on Wednesday so for free. We're we're replacing the weekly chat with more movie and TV related content yeah. on Spotify. Everything will still be free. Yeah. So you'll you'll have our all of our movie reviews, movie news every weekend. It'll still be accessible to mm-hmm. everyone. You don't have to pay for it. However, weekly chat is moving to Patreon, and we have a tier system on Patreon that's super affordable. The minimum cost to pay for Patreon is $2 to become a patron of our show. That'll get you access to the weekly chat as well as all the bonus episodes we post on Patreon. We do one bonus episode every week for every patron Patreon to be able to watch. Now the weekly chat will be a bonus episode for all patrons as well as we do Patreon giveaways. We also have a $5 tier, a $10 tier, which is the minimum tier to get you access to our Discord, where we have an incredible community. There's like over 100 people in there. We chat all the time on there. We do our watch parties on Discord, do like two a month on there now. Then we also have a $25 tier that gets you other perks, including a custom episode. You pick the topic. We'll do an episode just for you. That's a really exciting one that people love. And then there's another tier, the chosen one at $100, comes with even more perks, as well as after three months, you get to come on the show for a guest segment. We usually bring people on for like the intermission and talk about whatever topic is in that episode for a little bit afterwards. So we appreciate everyone who supports us financially or even just listening to us, just watching us. We appreciate everyone, but we just want more exclusive content for our patrons because, you know, that's a really important source of revenue for us to be able to pay the bills and for Anthony to get his Trader Joe's. We need Patreon. (laughs) Juno's cat food. So we really want to give more to the people that are financially supporting us on Patreon. And we hope you understand this little, this change to the the podcast every week. And the future of Spotify is actually looking really interesting. And within two months, they're going to have a complete collaboration and connection with Patreon. So Spotify and Patreon are joining forces. So it's going to be even easier for you to access the Patreon content if you're a Spotify user as well. So we're not sure exactly the date they're going to roll that out, but we were told at the conference we went to last week that Patreon and Spotify will be joining forces in about two months. And the link for our Patreon is super easy. Patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Support us there. It means the world to us. But you don't have to, and we'll still post. There's still going to be a lot of content. Four to five episodes yeah. every week on the other platforms for free. That will never change. I mean, just for example, this week we're going to be doing a Scream 6 review and a 65 review. And, you know, we we might not have done that in the past because we already had the weekly chat posted. So yeah. we're, we're working on making our feed less congested and, and more centered on film and TV for people who already love that stuff. But then also... We're working on growing the audience, and we feel like if the feed looks cleaner and is more concise, 
then it will get us a bigger following. More so, enticing yeah. for new listeners to be yeah. like, what is this show? What yeah. are all these? Where's the weekly chat? Because then we just tested it out and scrolling through our entire feed. You can, I, we're, we're worried. Our biggest concern is that we have so many great older episodes that we filmed two years ago, a year and a half ago. And we've been worried that they've been getting buried underneath so much content. So we want to, like, we did a great Godfather episode a year and a half ago. And we want to make sure people who are new to their following, they can scroll down and pretty quickly get to great older episodes we've done that maybe they, these episodes were just covered in so many on our feed. We want to really showcase, like, we did a lot of awesome movies two years ago, a year and a half ago. So that's also a main reason for us to try and make the feed smaller and cleaner. So thanks for understanding. We appreciate you all so much. Again, patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Take care, everybody. Episodes this week. Again, Last of Us review finale tomorrow, Tuesday, Oscars reaction. We'll be doing 65. We'll be doing Scream 6, as well as on Thursday. We're going to do a posting of our live show performance that we did in January. We're going to make it public and free for everybody to watch on all platforms. So we're super excited about that as it's, well. It's going to be awesome. We just cut it together and it's fantastic. It's an hour, 45 minutes. We performed it in Los Angeles in front of a live crowd. And we think that everybody is going to enjoy it. I can't wait to share it with the world. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.